which is shortened from Anti-Racism Podcast. This is our second episode. We are sitting in a Vicky's winter garden at the very beginning of the summer. So first of all, first of all before starting, let's give a short round of introducing each, each of us to our audience. So I'm Hani uh, in the fourth semester um, from South Korea. I'm, I'm very happy to be here um, and meet you again. I'm Vicky and I'm in the, who I think in the sixth semester, but I'm not quite sure right now. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I grew up in Germany fully with a father who came from China together with my mom who grew up here. And yeah, I'm also very happy that we record today and that we can welcome Artyom, mm -hmm. who's next to introduce themselves. Mm -hmm. Hi, my name is Artyom. I am the second uh, semester student at KHM. I come from the Republic of Moldova, uh, which is in Eastern Europe uh, and the former Soviet Republic. And uh, I'm happy to be here to talk about um, today's topic yeah um, so before starting I will give some short outline of this episode in advance this episode is going to be about the, um, the care and labor crisis especially during the pandemic for years as you all know, you all know Germany has imported thousands of underpaid workers from other parts of Europe or we could also talk about how Germany brought non-Germany German artists to cultivate a diverse cultural ecology. So importing cheap labor, um, accumulating cultural capital, and outsourcing care labor are not exclusively scenes you can observe in Germany. So uh, what I'm mentioning uh, right now are all related to the poem that Artyom has translated. So before we get into the talk, we want to start with reciting um, the poem. So um, would you, Artyom, would you like to introduce the poet and poem um, briefly before reciting? Um, I'm going to read the text uh, written by a very dear friend of mine. Um, Nicoleta Yesinyanko. She's a, a playwright, writer, and theater director, um, a co-founder of the independent political theater, Tatus Politeria in Moldova. Um, I'm also part of the collective. And um, uh, one year ago, uh, Nicoleta was artist in residence, um, fellow of, uh, of the Dea Dea Scholarship in Berlin. And um, she wrote this text uh, while um, being um, uh, locked down uh, in Berlin. Intubated Europe uh, by Nicoleta Yesinyanko. I was ill, or I am ill. I don't know how to say it correctly. With chronic diseases, it's rather confusing. You don't know whether it was in the past or it's happening now. When your disease is autoimmune, it's even more confusing, as if you've always stayed home, even though you haven't stayed home. The only thing is that that home isn't quite your home, because in fact you have no home. I'm in Berlin. I'm waiting for the flights to resume. I'm waiting for the flight to Chisinau that'll take me, take me home. On June 1st, my visa expires, and together with it, my medical insurance. The power of magic disappears at midnight, and I turn into a pumpkin. The first thing I learned in German was 
Ich bin Ausländerin. I decided not to learn German when at the Ausländerbehörde, Foreigners Registrations Office, the staff spoke only German. Dear Germany, Multikulti, I wish that when you go to any other country and you need a temporary residence permit, let everyone speak to you in any other language. Request your bank statements in any other language. Insist that you fill out applications in any other language. Liebe Deutschland über alles. You don't understand the language? How come? Dear Germany, you, more than me, expect me to leave. In fact, you expect us all to leave. We've stuck around here kind of for too long. Longer than you wanted us to. You want to know exactly when we are leaving and we intend to come back. We cannot prove to you that we have enough money. We cannot prove to you that we have health insurance. We cannot prove to you that we are well paid because we are not paid well, because you don't pay us well. Expel us, dear Germany. Expel us democratically. Expel us all democratically. Expel us democratically as you pay people to pick up asparagus. As democratically as you give refugees the right to work for you when you need a labor force. Precious Germany, rich in our cheap labor force. I loathe your economy, for which you are ready to kill us all. With which you are ready to kill us all. Cheer Germany, capitalist one. You laughed at the queues in the USSR, and now you are queuing for toilet paper. Dear Germany, if we flatten the infection curve, can't we flatten the capitalism curve at the same time? Dear Germany, with your washed hands, what would you like us to deliver to you while you are staying home? Oh, great Germany, I hate you to the core. I hate you and your asparagus picked for you by our mothers. Oh, great Germany, I hate you symptomatically. One day you'll feel neither the taste nor the smell of the strawberries picked for you by others. Dear welcome in Germany, we are welcome to take care of your sick and your old. We are welcome to clean your homes. We are welcome to cut and serve you steak in slaughterhouses and restaurants. We are welcome to die infected among us, isolated somewhere among us. We are welcome to write you exotic poems about Eastern Europe, because Western Europe needs a content until next week. We got support from a German institution. Unfortunately, we don't have any money for you. Dear Germany, I'm writing this text because I need money. Maybe I don't necessarily feel like writing, but who bothers asking me? I'm a gastarbeiter, a gastarbeiter writer. Ah, and don't let me forget to tell you, dear Germany, elitist one, I hate from the bottom of my ovaries the art of your males. Dear Berlin Senate Department for Culture and Europe, I wish that you, too, receive 60% of your salary the way you decided I should receive 60% of the fee for the cancelled theater shows. I'm generous aren't I? And one more thing. How do you manage to dock our pay and present it as you've given us more? Dear Germany, I hate you so much. Your white immaculate robe with which you protect yourself from us. Your hospital beds undisturbed, free, awaiting patients, insured ones. Your new and high-performance ambulances produced we know by whom. Your doctors who don't emigrate. The mask which you've put on, for which you've closed your borders. To be only yours, only for you. The face shields with which you keep us at a distance. Distance you've always kept us at. Distance that has always existed between us. Social, political, colonial. Dear Germany all over the world, wouldn't you like to deal with democracy at home? To act smart in your own home? To produce your own cars at home? To produce your own car parts at home? To sell your weapons at home? Wouldn't you like to receive as much money as you pay us? You know it wouldn't be enough for asparagus. Dear Germany, 
You are willkommen in Kopachen in autumn to shell the corn. You know, we really like Mamaliga. Dear Germany, you live in a container, about 10, 8, 8 10 people in the room, rusty metal beds, shared shower. We'll withhold money from your wages for accommodation. You'll get a minimum wage. You won't get a copy of your employment contract. We'll take your ID. You won't be able to go anywhere. We'll close the gates. We'll put a guard there. You won't get health insurance because you're a seasonal worker. So you'll never call an ambulance except but to determine your death. In other words, we'll welcome you fairly, the way you welcome us. Fair Arbeiten or Fremd Arbeiter? How do you say it correctly? I don't speak German. I hate you, superior Germany. More superior than the superlative. More democratic than democracy. More Western than the West. More European than Europe. Most high Vaterland. Father of all countries. Father of Europe. Our father. Like a pest hole you've spread from country to country. Dear Western Europe, I hate you from the bottom of um, my uninsured lungs. I hate you from the bottom of my lungs that snort out. From the depths of my lungs that his curses at you, right in your white face. You who constantly renews your plasma. You who constantly cleanses your blood. Dear Western Europe, intubated one, artificially kept alive in the intensive care unit. I hate you all the way to my kidney stones, from which I'll make you tombstones. Dear Western Europe, you'll die in pain, you'll die alone. No one will be for, with you. You'll die alone, just like the migrant women who work for you have been dying alone for hundreds of years. Dear West, I hate you with all my lungs. I can breathe. I hate you with all my being, my radical being. I hate you with all my heart, my illegal heart. Dear West, I can breathe. Ah, yes. Let's not forget to wash our hands after everything blows up from the oxygen that will finally breathe. That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> How can I say? Yeah, it's... Mm. Maybe we can start um, to um, each of us, each of us, share our thoughts that occurred while listening to the poem. Um, mm. Maybe about the feelings that um, were brought up or the memories of um, related experiences. Mm. I mean, it's. Um it's not the first time that I felt it because when we were already, when we had a meeting with the four of us before, I say four because um, Hemin was doing the technic right now, it's not, um, it's also in the room. And uh, Artyom was sharing the text and I really remember that we all really had <laughs> to take a moment to talk about it because mm -hmm. it's so heavy in the way how it concludes like so many different levels of oppression and exploitation in so many different layers and yeah and so today is the second time I hear it and still it leaves me like because it's the text is like a bomb and I'm also very impressed because it's quite rare that you hear people speak with such um, anger and like really mm -hmm. open up about their aggressions because it's mostly it seems that people who receive a lot of oppression kind of tend to like um, try to make themselves like um, to adapt to the environment and not to cause too much um, refusal or um, fights or anything like this. And this is absolutely what this text and this author is not doing, right? So she's fully in her um, anger and really opens up about the pain that this system is um, causing up in her, right? So. This is why I'm very glad that um, we could share it today and that you also brought mm -hmm. it to us, Artyom. Yeah, thank you for reciting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know Nikoleta personally, known her for, for so many years. Uh, we also work together and um, uh, she is angry. She is angry. Uh, I am angry as well, uh, especially knowing uh, what it means to be in uh, Eastern Europe and the way the West uh, treats uh, people from that region and um, not only from that region but since I come from Moldova um, it particularly strikes me how um, entitled some uh, countries are um, and how willing they are, they are to exploit other people just because uh, they come from, from a different place. Yeah, I mean, it's if you start to think about it, how much like so-called Eastern Europe is completely like... Um, so, for example, if you would ask a person to basically name all the countries like on the very west side of Germany, like people could name them all because it's like these like very popular like traveling places like Spain, like Portugal, you know, like all these places. And then if you go to people and you ask where, but where's Moldova, like who could actually tell, right? So it's like really left out in like a perception of Europe actually. And also um, the whole um, construct in which actually we are in Germany able to even receive like cheap care work and like also like um uh, every year like the Spargel saison for example they need so many workers from like so-called eastern europe you know because they basically they import like cheap labor and then send the people away afterwards after they received like their um body or their work capital right so it's like exploitation to the max but still like it's not very received in a popular um um, I, you know, it's like very seldom that you actually talk about it and know it, right? So, yeah, I mean, especially when you start to think about how um, incredibly complicated it is also to get like visa and stuff like this, like here in Germany, you know, like for like so many students as well. Yeah, just such a struggle. And, yeah. like, uh, it's very complicated for, uh, for any student students or not even students like any people who come from the so-called global south yeah because there are western countries that are not in eu but uh they enjoy a lot of privileges but there are also like countries in europe but not in the european union that are uh, treated uh, uh like uh, absolutely like foreign foreign objects of um you know um coming from a countries with destroyed uh, economies um, being exploited just because um, just because it's possible you know um, it's very it's very hard to comprehend like this level of uh, of uh, differentiation of uh, racism you know and violence right and violence. yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm, there are many um, posted workers in Korea too. The various work um, Koreans um, don't find um, worthy are outsourced to Chinese and South Asian workers too. So even though their um, labor is uh, what puts uh, foods on Korean dinner dinner tables, and these workers are exposed to constant racism and um, violence, even like um, sexual harassment. And yeah, so, and just like um, the, the posted workers in Germany, um, these workers' housing rights are not being guaranteed. Um, they have to live in kind of vinyl um, greenhouses. Um, uh, which has really poor conditions. And of course, the language barriers and the hardships of staying in a foreign place 
um, um, is um, what what employees um, are facing um, and uh, make their situation more complicated. So, yeah, I think it um, it's happening um, all over the world too. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how quite rich countries can even like maintain their wealth, right? Yeah. Because it's really only based on exploitation of cheap labor. Mm -hmm. So, and mm -hmm. basically, cheap labor always mm -hmm. comes from other countries that are poorer, yeah. to say so. And so, and Yeah, it's just such a contradiction to like how like um, a place like Germany like sees himself as like very like multicultural mm -hmm. and really tries like and then like um, like an out of perception to be perceived as like very um, welcoming, very democratic, very democratic, very embracing of um, diversity and all these things, right? So at the same time, if you really look at mm -hmm. how the structures are, right, it's heavenly like. It really only works because of suppression and because of exploitation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there are also um, the system is so interestingly established that um, you get um, uh, the respect of uh, labor rights, but for Germans or other foreigners um, who come from a more privileged place who have official employment, who can enjoy their um, freedoms, um, their paid leaves, um, having medical insurance and the rest, because it is illegal in Germany not to have a medical insurance, for example. Yeah? Um, but then uh, when we see how um, people from Eastern Europe or Southeast Asia who come to pick asparagus or work in the slaughterhouses or work in a um, caretaking um, system um, are absolutely exploited uh, are not sometimes maybe they are officially employed but uh, since they don't speak the language they cannot read the clauses in the contracts mm -hmm. um, and they don't know what they sign up to and uh, um, they are paid the minimum or even below the minimum mm -hmm. um, and they cannot claim their rights they do know where to go um, they are housed in containers on a closed fence territory you know uh, especially um, it all came to be known during the the first wave of the pandemic when people not only were brought to germany to pick up the asparagus because Many Germans can't live without the asparagus during the season. You know, um, they were brought with charter flights and put in a closed territories like fence territories. They were not allowed to go outside. They would get infected and just uh, uh, stay there among themselves or sometimes dying. You know, mm -hmm. and. Um, um, It wasn't a problem at all for the German state, you know, this kind of a... Uh, because we all want to eat that meat, that steak, or that asparagus. Because, because it's very hard uh, work, uh, which many German citizens would never do, um, even if they really need work. Because they understand that these conditions are impossible and they know their worth they know their dignity um, and they say like oh, I'm not gonna work in this um, um, uh, terrible conditions because I have a choice mm -hmm. yeah. In my case, I I remember being surprised by discovering how cheap meat and food prices in Germany were, um, and this impossible price was sustained by um, 
extreme exploitation, right? And the inequalities between EU core of EU and um, peripheries um, in terms of wages and like or the available health um, services are allowing um, this situation like exploiting um, labor forces. So, um, so whenever I make a choice in my everyday life, I've, I, I know it is connected to deeply these um, inequalities, but then that is something that I should keep in mind. But at the same time, sometimes I lose tracks so I become, um, I became um, um, sad and angry. Then my choices automatically become unethical um, on the on this tr structure. Yeah. I mean, it's if we if you look again at this at this care sector of working, it's um, we find something else also intertwined there, right? It's also the mm -hmm systematic devaluation of so-called feminized work so like all the caretaking like taking care for each other like um um i mean if you there's something it's called a term it's called care chains it came up in the early zero years and it basically describes the phenomena so-called phenomena that basically for example in a country like germany or france like women are working like both parents are working so they need somebody to look out for their children so mm -hmm. they basically basically what happens a lot in these catchings that people from a different from another country who needs work that is paid that much like for example in france or in germany they, they come and take care of the children of this family and then basically their family <laughs> needs to be taken care of by their grandparents or something like that so we basically have a lack of taking care of somebody and it's basically really it really only works because it's paid so little it's valued so little taking care of somebody else or like general the so-called feminized work yeah it's mm -hmm. um uh interesting that you, you mentioned peripheries because um, this exploitation doesn't only happen in Germany, in France, or in any other like Western European country, like wealthy Western European country. It also is exported uh, to the periphery when mm -hmm. uh, um, the West extends um, its production and outsources in uh, other countries. For example, uh, in Eastern Europe and Moldova, because... Um, Moldova, Ukraine, um, even uh, the periphery of the European Union, Romania, Bulgaria. Um, it's been happening for quite several years that they extended the, the production uh, of uh, car cables or um, fashion um, confectionery like sweat sweatshops and stuff, uh, which um, were very present in um, poor like Asian countries, but uh, then um, they started to to open those productions in on the periphery of the European Union because it was closer to um, transport than, for example, bringing it from China and. Uh, uh, the policy, the politics of doing that, is um, masked under the so-called European integration, democratization of uh, uh, economies in transition, um, former like Soviet uh, republics, uh, in which they tell the local governments to change the labor legislation in order for people. Uh, or for employers or these companies to be able to pay as little as possible mm -hmm. and to get as much as possible production mm -hmm. um, from the local population. Um, and 
all of that is presented as a um, bringing democracy, market economy to underdeveloped poor countries, you know, and uh, it's very interesting because this is actually a neo-colonial approach to to the countries uh, in the periphery. Does one add, does anyone um, want to add something to you? Yeah, maybe make a big underline until neo-colonial or yeah, even I mean even if we speak about post-colonial meaning just the times after like the peak of colonies, but still yeah, it's just so important to have in mind that it just didn't stop at creating something like the United States of America or, you know, the British Empire. That still we are in the middle of it all happening, right? Yeah. Mm, I think I think maybe to make the link a little bit, I thought of when I was talking about the devaluation of feminized labor, it's also we need to think of the devaluation of basically reproductive work in general. So it's also um, community work and um, basically everything, like um, physically reproductive work, like um, Gebären, uh, being pregnant and stuff, right? So um, yeah, maybe because right now we are at the KHM, we're at the situation that it's really, really hard to find new people who are doing the uh, Stupa and the Asta. And basically right now, the people who are in the Amt, they do it since two years, which is already one year longer, like also due to Corona, but also because we just couldn't re-elect because there were not enough people who said they were willing to take these jobs. And obviously I understand from that perspective of a student that it's extra work, <laughs> but it's also quite symptomatic for a way that basically students and, but it's not only students, also like how it's talked in seminars, you know, that it's quite, so obviously we are in art school and the main approach of this art school is that everybody reaches their maximum of, <laughs> individualization and how they're doing their art and being professional individuals basically but at the same time to me I always miss a lot that the communal aspect like the common aspect of the school also takes part you know that we are mm -hmm. also a social um, how to say uh, that we are also a Gemeinschaft at the KHM you know and that it's just as important to do things for the Gemeinschaft, for the social aspect of the school and to work for each other and that basically creating and working for a community is just as, or should be just as important, you know, and I'm really just lacking this kind of level of politics, like the politics of the community and how important it actually is to also do this, this kind of labor and yeah, I really see it in that chain. I mean, obviously, it's really something different than labor exploitation. But if you really start to think about it as the whole construct of basically um, devaluation of um, several kind of works, you know, it, it starts to make sense a little bit more. Yeah. Do you find um, this um, situation in Kain had started before Corona? Or like if Corona affects more um, to that? I mean, it's even harder right now to actually come together, but I also faced it before Corona actually, that mm -hmm. it's just so easy to, that everybody like gets away into their projects and mm -hmm. it's just not commonly, it's just not common sense that we mm -hmm. also 
are one community basically or i mean we definitely are not as we also have like very heavily separated fächergruppen etc and fachbereiche and all that stuff but um yeah already since it before and yeah okay maybe at this point it would be also good to add that uh, we are called arp <laughs> anti-racist podcast but was it came very clear in the last conversations we had within the group that it's really important to outline as well that we really try to see these issues from a very intersectional angle so speaking of these that as soon as we start to have to criticize power structures we need to think of all these situations where multiple discriminations are hitting at once, right? So we cannot separate racism from sexism and because for so many people it's working at the same time, right? So yeah, maybe that would be also good to add because also with these kind of care chains that we talked about and also um, the text that you read, you know, it's like so intertwined. It's really important to... Um, speak about the, to have these things always in mind at the same time yeah mm. i think that also personal uh, personal experiences our personal experiences as foreign students at KHM with the um, state structure of Germany um, takes takes a lot from our possibility to enjoy uh, the beautiful process of studying art in an international art school um when the system is quite oppressive when it comes to welcoming people mm -hmm. from countries that Germany deem uh, um, not quite on the same on the same level you know um, Yeah, and doubting, right, and questioning the presence of people coming here, right? Yeah, and basically yeah. questioning your your humanity, your uh, creating the this um, gates or gatekeeping system that is meant actually to to keep you away, um, away as possible. Um, I know that many many. Um, many foreign students at KHM have been struggling with getting residence permit or mm -hmm. visas, um, especially during Corona. But even before Corona, it it was difficult. And it's just like the system is established or structured in that way that it makes you feel unwelcome. And it took me months to finally get like fictionsbeschaining, not even residence permit. I'm still waiting for it, you know, but it had a huge toll on my um well-being and uh, kind of a, mm. um, mental um health, uh which prevented me like from enjoying the uh, the process of studying, you mm. know. Uh, and the particular, uh, my personal experience with the Auslander Arm um, uh, has made me angry, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, I am angry um, uh, because the things happen the way they, th they happen. Like when there's, besides that it took me months, um, the Bianta uh, at Auslander Beherde, um, would just not not answer my emails, even my emails sent in German, and I had to appeal to my flatmates and a lawyer in order to get the appointment at uh, Auslander. And even after that, um, 
the Beamter named Vili uh, didn't deign to speak to me personally. And I learned about the upcoming appointment from my flatmate, um, information about which he sent not to my, but my flatmate's uh, email. Because my flatmate is a German citizen, citizen who speaks German. And uh, I mean, even if you eventually manage to get the attention of the Auslander arm, you better go and pick up your documents um, being accompanied by a German citizen who speaks German. And um, just for safety reasons, just to make sure that you they don't fuck you mm-hmm. and talk to you as a human, not as a foreign object. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the time when I went there, uh, I had a very bizarre um, dialogue with the um, um I like I said like thank you for finally granting me Fiktionsbescheinigung, although my visa expired three months ago. And and he asked like were you stopped by the police or what? Uh, I, I said not yet. I was just worried that if my documents were checked, I would be deported, especially now when there is a curfew. Uh, then don't go out at curfew, you know. I said, maybe I'm just lucky because I'm white. Um, he said, well, the police don't stop people randomly on the street, even the people of color. Germany is not the United States. Oh. And I said, maybe that's why my neighborhood is abundant with graffiti signs, no cops and kalk. Maybe that's why as a foreign student in Germany, the feeling of worthlessness never leaves me. Like the feeling that I'm a foreign body, a foreign object, an Auslander. Um, recently I felt so down that I wanted to climb up the walls, like howl out, howl out of despair, get drunk and take all possible drugs in order to get to forget about this problem at least for a moment. Or to go to court or to pick at the Auslander behind the office and scream like, burn in hell with your entire welfare state and your free education system. It turned out that simply that period was marked by the power of a full moon and not just a full moon, but a super moon, a pink moon, the moon that shines only to super people, super mansion, super Germans. Realizing that instantly made me feel a bit better. I instantly realized that all of my troubles have been caused not by the state structure of Germany, but merely by the supermoon. From a spiritual point of view, the pink supermoon is the time to embrace spring, which is often accompanied by reflection and change. But you shouldn't be afraid of the changes that the stars have prepared for you. Everything that happens during this period will transform your life in a way that you could not even imagine. So in order to not waste the supermoon period, you should somehow honor the moon. Just take a bath with salt and crystals. It will help you refresh your foreign body, mind and spirit. Purify your foreign Eastern European aura. Recharge your batteries and strengthen your vitality. Yeah, thank you so much for the shirtless. I mean, it's, it comes quite heavy to you when you start to realize that if you really think about how many people, like if you just look at KHM, how many people are actually going through this and it really does something to your psyche to live basically here under these conditions, you know, and just what you said and yeah, I mean, actually also last time we met, we spoke about that we would want to really would want to do an episode on mental health because mm-hmm. it really does something to your psych to be not only outruled as a not white person but only but also to be outruled as a person who has even trouble to be legally accepted as a human being mm-hmm. or even I mean probably getting a visa or a residence permit doesn't even mean that it just means that you're <laughs> It's your resident permit and nothing more, right? Yeah. Like a second-class citizen. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, what this person, Billy, at the Ausländerbehörde said, 
and I can't, I mean, it's so ignorant and obviously he doesn't seem to know better. And then at the same time, I think, why is somebody like with so little knowledge working in such an important office? Mm -hmm. And then again, it's obviously because the city or the country doesn't want to spend too much money on these offices, although mm -hmm. they are so important, but it's basically, it makes it even harder for people to get proper uh, um, appointments there mm -hmm. and to really be seen with your struggle and the how serious also the issue is of even getting that fucking Fiktionsbeschäftigung yeah. and how important it's Yeah. Interesting name for a, for a temporary residence permit, mm -hmm. like fictions, like your your being here is like a fiction, you know? <laughs> yeah, just imagine you would be in Germany. <laughs> just imagine that you exist. Yeah, even though I saved a lot of money for to get the visa, um, And I spend all my money here. I'm, um, I'm helping kind of this uh, German economy a little, little, little bit. But why, why would I be suspected all the time and targeted? What's wrong with this? Because basically, if I got it right, but maybe you can also explain it better to me, it's the one, there's this one option to have this kind of like Sperrkonto, right? Mm -hmm. That means that you have saved up so much money mm -hmm. that you basically promise the country that you don't take yeah. work mm -hmm. <laughs> away from other German citizens, mm -hmm. German so-called mm -hmm. so -called German mm -hmm. citizens, right? So, I mean, even this, this um, subjection that mm -hmm. you would... Yeah. I mean, even this thinking of, okay, we need to protect our German workers from mm -hmm. competition, labors from, from other countries, and at the same time importing cheap labor, it's such, an, it's such a contradiction if you think of it. And yeah, yeah it draws the outskirts at the point where it's about welcoming people, but as soon as they mm -hmm. can like a country like this can make profit of it mm -hmm. it's obviously so simple too <laughs> yeah. yeah many of us had to put like ten and a half thousand euros um on a on a spare account, a blocked account in in a, some offshore bank and each bank year right? like uh, yeah. no it's only in order to get the first visa um mm -hmm. <clears throat> but you're supposed to have as yeah. much money every year anyway it's really unpredictable yes yeah. but it's it's just like when i learned about it i was so shocked uh, that i thought like well how could i get that money i don't know do i need to sell my kidney or you know rob a bank <laughs> uh. get a um, bank loan or what you know and um and then It was so, it, I, I, I researched a bit like what this amount entails. And then um, I read somewhere that um, Germany just wants to make sure that um, you have enough money to live uh, with in that period of time. But why is it Sperrkonto? Why is it blocked? You know, because you come and you get just a little bit of uh of the money from that account every month, uh, not the entire amount of the money, mm -hmm. you know, um, because Germany wants to make sure that you fully integrated uh, in the first year, that you behave, that you are a good Auslander, uh, because otherwise, for example, if you give up on your studying or you cannot study anymore or you get employed, um, which you still can do part-time as a foreign student, but I mean, somehow they catch you doing something illegally, uh, you will be deported yeah. with that money from your, mm -hmm. your own money, from your own account. Oh, it's a travel insurance, actually, or do I understand <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Willkommen. I need to leave now. But you can continue and make, a, make an end somehow. No, I don't want to write it. Yeah, but um, could we wrap, it, uh, wrap the record up uh, at this point? Yeah. And, uh, uh, what should be the ending words? Or should we make a short round um, to give ending? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You go first. I, I should think <laughs> a bit more. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe from my side, it's. Um, yeah, I'm very glad we had this. That you were here, Artyom, and you shared all your words and thoughts and anger with us in this incredible text. And I just wanted to open up again the possibility that people, mm. anybody, basically just can write us and contact mm -hmm. us if you want to be part of a recording or if you want to share a text or anything or maybe also a piece of your work like anything you would want to share so it's always we try to be quite flexible in our constellation of people and mm -hmm. yeah 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 I really thank you uh, for you um, to have this um, point and yeah I think there are a lot of things are still remained um, to be shared um, so we could um, see us um, next time I hope <laughs> and um, yeah that's all for uh, from me Thank you very much for um, inviting me and letting me share um, some thoughts uh, with you. I find the fact that this podcast exists very important and uh, I relate to it so much hmm. uh, that actually it gives me hope that um, we can work on on a lot of things um, together and also with other uh, students and we can uh, try to overcome different obstacles together when we actually reflect on on the current reality in which we live and uh, which can also help us um, in doing our own art you know Bye. See you. Next See, you. <laughs> See you on next episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>